Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 33rd edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're covering the biggest boxing fights of the weekend, including some Australian fight fighters, some New Zealand fighters, and one of the biggest fights of the year and of the century. We've got boxing vs MMA in Tyson Fury taking on Francis Ngannou. We're going to hop over to look at some Australian boxers fighting internationally this week. And, and tomorrow we've got Justice Hooney. A former uh, bronze bronze medalist at the 2019 World Championships um, as an amateur. He's a heavyweight from Australia. He's held the Australian heavyweight title since 2020. He won that on his first ever fight, defeating Fagopoulou. He holds a professional record with seven wins, no losses, four wins by knockout. He comes up against Andrew Tabidi, who once challenged for the IBF cruiserweight title and lost to Dordikos. He's now moved up to heavyweight to face Justice Hooney. Now, this is a really interesting fight. You've got Justice Hooney, a young Australian fighter. He's just signed with Matchroom Boxing and Eddie Hearn. This is going to be his first professional inter- international fight. He takes on one of the one of the toughest boxers you can get. He comes in a record with 20 wins and one loss to Beatty, if I'm correct. He just come off a big win against someone with the exact same record as Justice Hooney with seven wins and no losses. Now, Hooney hasn't been in the ring for some time, but I'm sure when he'll come back, he's going to come back with a bang. And this fight will be for the WBA International Heavyweight title. This will secure Hooney's ranking in the rankings. Now, it's, it's going to be a good fight. I think Hooney's got the experience. He's beat some of the best. Kiki Latelli, Joseph Guru. Goodall, who, who's now fighting under top rank. He's got a fight against F.A. Ajba. He's beaten some of the best. He's beaten Paul Gallen, who's been there for some time in the heavyweight division. He, he's beat some quality opponents, and I think domestically he's covered everything. Now it's his chance to step up the rankings and fight against an internationally secured ranked opponent who's fought for a world title once before. Now, if he can get this win, it's going to be a great win under his resume. It's going to endure more great fights to come. And uh, if he wins this fight, obviously he's going to head home with another title, uh, bring the title back to Australia. But also he's got chances to fight some of the best in the world. Now, possibly if he wins this fight, could you see him take on Joseph Goodall again, who he's beat before? Um, Joseph Goodall's taken uh, a big win last time in his international debut. He's going for that twice against F. Adjuba, who's uh, internationally 
ranked opponent as well from Nigeria. Now, I think this is going to be the stepping stone for Justice Huni. Now, it's not going to be easy, though. Tabidi comes in with a lot of experience. He's fought for a professional um, heavyweight cruiserweight championship before. It's a world title. Um, he, he knows what's, what to expect from these young guys because he's beat one before. His last fight, he beat someone with the exact same record over in Jeddah. Um, so I, I think this is going to be... It's going to be interesting to see if Huni goes for the knockout. I think Tabidi will come out more of a knockout mentality and Huni will just go to box um, in the fight. I reckon he'll go the distance. I think Justice Huni will get the job done. Um, but I reckon it will be close because he. I reckon there's a chance he'll get hurt. Tabidi comes in with a lot of power. He's a cru- he's cut to cruiserweight many times. He's stepped up to heavyweight. He doesn't have to cut weight anymore. It's going to be easier for him to have that power. Um, oh, I think this is going to be could be up there with fight of the year um, with an international title on the line. WBA international heavyweight championship on the line. I've got Huni by decision. Um, as my prediction, I just don't think he'll um, be able to knock out Tabidi. And if anyone was going to knock him out, I reckon Tabidi would knock out Huni. But Huni's got some chin on him. He's fought through the amateurs. It's going to be going to be an interesting one. But I've got Huni for the win. Another fight you got Kiwi Joseph Parker taking on Simon Keane, the former WBO World Heavyweight Champion Joseph Parker of New Zealand returns to the ring to prove he's still worthy of a top 10 ranking in the heavyweight division tomorrow. He faces Simon Keane of Canada on the undercard of Fury vs Nganu. Parker's got 32 wins, 3 losses, 22 wins coming by knockout. Believes at the age of 31 he's still a player in the, in the division and he intends to prove it with an impressive performance against Keane with Keane holding a professional record of 23 wins one loss with 22 wins coming by knockout. Friday's weigh-in, uh, Parker versus Kane in Riyadh. Parker weighed in at 250 pounds and Kane weighed in at 255 pounds. Parker took a tough loss one year ago against Joe Joyce. Joyce punished Parker for 11 hard rounds before the fight was stopped. He's since back, been back in the win column with his recent fight with a sharp first round knockout of Fagopoulou on the car, No Limit card in Melbourne. Now, I was at that fight. It was an interesting one because Joe, um, sorry, Joseph Parker, he was coming forward the entire fight. Um, didn't last long, but you could see something special was going to happen, and uh, it, it happened pretty quickly. He caught Opelu, and you could just tell it was, it was going to be over quick, and he possesses that power, and I think Simon Keane, he hasn't fought anyone like Joseph Parker before. Parker's a former world, world heavyweight champion. Um, it's going to be a tough fight for Kane, but I, I just don't see how Parker's going to lose. He's got some power on him, and and I think that power he possesses is just it's pivotal for most fighters um, to have, and especially in the heavyweight division, you've got really heavy guys fighting um, you. I just think Parker's going to kill him. Um, the 34-year-old Quebec native has never fought outside Canada. He's He isn't ranked in, ranked in the top 20 or 30, his opposition has been limited. The best win on his record may be his March 7th round TKO against American journeyman Eric Molina. Now, looking at that, his last win coming up against a journeyman took him seven rounds to knock him out. Now, Joseph Parker faced Fagopoulou, supposed to be for the Commonwealth title, wasn't for the Commonwealth title, 
was only the 10-round fight, only lasted one. Now, Opoly's no journeyman. He's fought some of the best. He fought um, Just Hooney. He's fought... Uh, he's beat some guys that he really shouldn't have beat. He's been in the ring with some great fighters, some really strong fighters. Now, I think Keane's just going to come with the mentality to just swing. And I think Parker's just... He's way more experienced than that. Um, he knows what to do. And I think... A one clean shot is going to be it. Uh, one clean shot, that's going to be it for Simon Keane. I don't see this fight going more than three, four rounds. I think Parker will catch him early. He'll go down first or second round, and then he'll just work in for the next couple of rounds, and I reckon by round three or four, that's it. Um, it's going to stop the fight. And maybe we could see a chance for Joseph Parker to, to fight the winner of uh Fury, but I highly doubt. I'm sure he'll just keep working up his rankings until um, retire being retired comes. Now it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight, but I just don't see how Joseph Parker is gonna lose. So I've got Joseph Parker by knockout in round four. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go round four. Now the headliner for that card is Tyson Fury taking on Francis Ngannou. Now this is for a Riyadh season WBC belt. Now it's just a made up belt, just an excuse to have a belt. But this fight. He's Tyson Fury's got the WBC heavyweight championship. He's a lineal championship champion of the world. Now he, this fight, it, it's it's a really interesting one. You can delve into so many different positions on it. You've got Francis Ngannou. He's an MMA fighter. He fights in a cage. He's not used to boxing. Just stand up the entire time. He's used to grappling, wrestling, kicking, and boxing's in that as well. So you've got everything. You've got wrestling, all of that. And also, he's got a fight with four-ounce gloves in that. Now, hopping over to boxing, Tyson Fury is used to this. He's fought so many fights. I'm pretty sure he's fought 34 fights, 33 wins, one draw, and that one draw coming for that Deontay Wilder first fight. Now, with 10-ounce gloves, it's a whole different dynamic. Uh, you're going to be hit harder. You're going to have – it's going to be different on you to fight. Um I, I think Fury will just outwork him. I just think that um, Fury just... It, it's hard to train for a boxing fight with only having four four months of training. Now, yeah, you train boxing in MMA. Uh, yeah, you can prove that you can fight and uh, you've got power and you can knock out some pretty good opponents. But it's boxing. It's completely different. You're not going for a double-leg takedown mid-fight. You're not going to kick him in the head mid-fight. You've just got your hands. Now, this is where I think Fury's just going to school him. Uh, he's going to be quicker on his feet. He's going to know what to do. He's more experienced. And especially in the heavyweight division, one punch can end it. Now, that's what I think Francis is going to go for. He's going to go for the one-punch knockout. But you've got to think, as a UFC champion that he was, you only fight for 25 minutes. You've got five five-minute rounds. That's 25 minutes. Now, this fight is a 10-rounder, not a 12-rounder, 10-rounder. So, firstly, that's easier on Tyson Fury because he doesn't have to prepare for a 12-round fight, which he's used to. So, that comes with more experience as well. So, it's a 10-round fight. That's 10 three-minute rounds. That's 30 minutes. So, that's five minutes extra. So, that's going to take a toll on uh, Ngannou as well. That You probably don't think it would, but it, I think it would personally. His fights don't go the distance often. He's a heavyweight. There's either a knockout or something happens, and um, it's either a whitewash or it, it's a different one. It's an interesting one as well because I think Fury will go in there 
with the mentality to box, but he can't get hurt. Now, another interesting thing that's happened in the lead up to this fight, they've gone and booked Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk, who Usyk is got the rest of the belts in the heavyweight division. Um, Fury's just got the WBC belt. Um, they've gone and booked that in December, the 23rd of December. Now, if I'm in Garnu, you take a bit of disrespect to that. If you're getting someone that comes in to your fight, getting prepared to fight you, and you find now that in a month and a bit after he's going to go fight someone else, he thinks you're going to be a walkover. Now, I don't think that's the mentality Tyson Fury is going to come in with, but we found out that the Usyk fight's going to happen. So, personally, you're going to have to take that as a bit of fuel to the fire for Ngannou. So, hopefully, that would lead him on. But, again, if Tyson Fury goes out there and goes full-worn, he's got a cut in his head, and that fight against Usyk's not going to happen. But I don't think he's going to go in with that mentality. So, there's a lot of different sides to this this fight. You've got the MMA champion of the world, the UFC heavyweight champion. He's beat some of the best there is. Um, in the UFC, he's been in some wars, um, but he's also lost some as well. So uh, it shows that he's capable of losing, um, but he's also capable of winning. He's said he's got the punch of like, I don't know what it was, but he's got like the biggest punch in the world. Now, whether this fight was up against Tyson Fury in a boxing ring or this fight was going to be against John Jones in a UFC cage, I think Ngani was going to lose both ways. Now, Ngannou's never really been super active. He has been in his time as just working his way up in the UFC. But after he's reached that pivotal point, he's not fighting often. Now, I thought John Jones was going to come into the fight with Cyril Garn. Maybe a bit of ring rust, uh, cage rust. Um, Cyril Garn's fought several more times. But, nah, it... It just showed that John Jones is capable of doing that. Now, I think John Jones and Tyson Fury, they're on the same level, just different sports. Um, one MMA, one boxing. Now, I think Tyson Fury comes into this fight. He's going to come in with the mentality of box. He's going to know what Ngani's going to do. Ngani's going to come out and just swing. He's just going to try and look for that one-punch knockout. He's going to have that belt coming home with him, and he's going to shock the world. Now, many people think it's going to be a whitewash from Fury. I don't think it's going to be a whitewash. I think Fury will get the job done. He'll win. But I think it'll be a TKO win later on in the fight. So I'm saying the ninth or 10th round or the 8th round. So the 8th, ninth, so the back end rounds. I say this because Ngannou hasn't gone that far for years. Um, he's hasn't been active as a fighter for years. Now, he's just coming back in the ring. He's got to learn how to box. He's going to have to learn how to box pretty quick. You've got four months to learn how to box. He's got a pretty good ring with him. He's got... Mike Tyson cornering him, so obviously that helps. Um, but still, he hasn't been in the fights that Tyson Fury have been in. Tyson Fury's overcome adversity. He's proved that after years of not fighting and uh, personal stress, he can come out and win a fight and uh, shock the world, win back his heavyweight titles. So I, I just, I think that natural talent from Tyson Fury is going to uh, lead him on this fight. I think Fury's just. I think Fury is going to get the job done. Eighth round, ninth round, or tenth round. And I think the ref just going to stop the fight. I think the, um, he's going to get stuck in a corner. Fury is just going to go um, at him, and I think that will be it. So that's my prediction for that fight. This is going to be the biggest fight uh, of the year, 
in my my personal views. So you've got the Terence Crawford fight. You've got the, uh, the Terence Crawford Spence fight. You've got some of the Tim Zoo Mendoza fight. Now this is two heavyweights going. This is the heavyweight champion in boxing up against the heavyweight champion in MMA. So the two biggest combat sports in the world. Now I think if you can tune into this fight, tune into it because it's going to be the best. I think Fury gets the job done in the eighth night. Eighth round, ninth round, or tenth round. So that wraps up my boxing predictions for this huge weekend of boxing. I hope you enjoyed it. After the break, we're joined with Ben Kite, two-time former Australian champion and a regional champion as well. So thank you for listening to the In the Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee. And something nice to eat. Yeah, the, yeah, the pizzas, pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nice. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA, for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Called TAD to remodel my place. Said I wanted it to be that kind of place. Knee deep in the reno, sinking in our fights. Other shonky builders waking me up at night. And Adam plays the boss man. He listens to the customer Don't you remember He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. Hi, I'm Disco D from London, England, and whenever I'm in Australia, and in fact, even when I'm not online, I'll listen to Radio Karam. Welcome back to the In The Stand show and now we are joined with former two-time Australian boxing and regional champion 
Ben Kite. So first of all, Ben, how are you going? Awesome, mate. I'm great, mate. Thanks, Yvette. Thank you uh, very much for having me today. Oh, good. So your last bite was back in April last year to regain your Australian championship against Ben Horn. You won the fight. How do you think you went and what did that fight mean to you? Thank you, mate. Yeah, mate, uh, it was a good one to finish up on. You know, I um, I uh, at, at the time, I guess I wasn't planning that to be my last fight. Um, you know, we went in there went in there to to win and we came out with victory fought well and um uh it was good to kind of finish on a high i guess um finish on a big win win the title back and uh move on to what's next yeah so in 2021 you had to face andrew hunt twice you went the distance twice didn't get the win what did those series of fights mean to you yeah mate uh look um they uh they were both very very close fights um uh you know i i just gone the last before facing uh andrew the first time i'd just gone the last five years sort of undefeated yeah um so uh losing uh not you know not getting the decision after after you know um being on such a such a good winning streak and that was definitely very very hard to deal with um yeah. But uh, it did it did spur me on to, to you know I got got the chance to have another crack again later in the year, um, which uh, which I did and um, didn't get a decision again. But again, another very close, good fight. I, I believe both of the fights could have gone either way. Um, and uh, you know I, you kind of lose losing a fight can either make or break your career, you know. But it can really spur you on to. Um, to try harder and uh, and not let it happen again. So I found it very, very motivating to get back in the gym and and keep ticking along. Yeah. So to take you back to your start of your professional career, you faced two losses early on. What kept you driving to achieve the goal of succeeding in your boxing career? Yeah, mate, that's correct. So I lost my, uh, I lost my first two pro fights. Um, then I had a win. Uh, I think then I had a draw, another win, a loss. You know, my, my career didn't start. Uh, I didn't have a flying start for my career, you know. Um, I think uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a, like a huge amount of natural talent, you know, and I had to, I had to understand that um, it was all going to be a process that I was going to have to commit to, yep. you know. Um, yeah. It was all going to come at once yeah. and... You know, I had to really understand that the, the challenge was going to be uh, within myself, and as long as I was getting better along the way, um, that was the most important thing. As long as I could see improvements in myself all the time, yeah. um, I had a had a had a strong belief that I could do that. I could, you know, hit that sort of peak peak position and that number one position in the country, and. Um, I uh, I just yeah I just knew that it was going to take a lot of work to get there and it wasn't all going to come at once and I had to commit to doing it um, commit to commit to doing the training commit to the work put a hundred percent in um, and over time I will gradually keep getting better and I will get there in the end. Yeah yeah. So one of your international fights was up in India where you went the distance but didn't win the Asian title. How's that experience fighting in foreign territory and having to fight internationally as well? Yeah, mate, that's correct. So that that was another loss, <laughs> another loss for me. Uh, 
mate, that 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 fight there, like it was a it was a huge experience. You know, it was really really cool to get to go overseas and fight overseas, and um, you know, over in India, anyone who's trying to like do anything, you know, uh, we got we got treated. I got treated like a like a superstar over there. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was on that my poster on buses and taxis, and I was getting you know mauled by people trying to like just trying to come and see me and get the signatures and stuff it was it was really really cool um you know we didn't get a decision there either uh, it was um it was one that you know we the team and i definitely feel we probably should have won but that's i guess that's the way boxing goes sometimes but um that that was my last loss before i had my 13 fight win streak and went and went you know like five years undefeated so that that one there was the one where i re- was really like all right i need to I need to be all in on this and, and I'm not going to let this happen again and I'm really going to go for it. You know, I, I matured a lot as a fighter after that fight um, and uh, and some good things. But after that, it's like when the, you know, I committed to that process and then after that fight, it's when it, that commitment that I had put in um, finally started to deliver. Yeah, so you just said you had a five-year uh, win streak. How, how was that experience? I mean, going into every fight, you got the job done. Was it uh, really rewarding? Mate, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it not just wasn't just about me either. You know, it was, it was rewarding uh, because my whole team had put so much work into me and it was, it was rewarding um, knowing that I'd done justice to, for them as well, you know. Um, winning winning in the box winning in a in a boxing ring there's nothing no feeling like it you know it's um it's uh it's a it's a it, it doesn't compare to other sports i believe and um having a win a win over and over again in there was really really cool yeah so you fought 26 times professionally do you have a favorite fight or moment in your career mate i do uh i, I have a few favorite fights but i'd say my <clears throat> my uh I, I ha- my favorite one's probably when I fought Jamie Hilt. Um, yeah. it, uh, it was it was an absolute war, an absolute bar bur- barn burner between he and I. You know, I got a massive cut in the first round and the, the referee wanted to stop the fight right from the first round. And I, I, was, I was screaming at the doctor every single round. The referee pulled it up. I was screaming at the doctor every single round not to let, not to, not to stop the fight. And um you know i dropped him twice and i got wobbled in the second last round and then outboxed him in the last one and it, it it's uh you know it was at the venue was at um at fortitude 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 uh boxing stadium and uh you know they've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of professional fights there and uh that that fight with jamie hill's been marked as the best fight that they've ever staged there um yeah and uh, I'm out to come out of that one with the win at the end was was awesome. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. So, last question. Now you've obviously retired from boxing. How has retired boxing life been, mate? It's uh, it's been good. You know, I'm very, very busy. Um, I've just uh, just started my own business. I've started my own gym. Uh, it's called The Athletic, um, which yeah. has been really, really cool. Different, different, uh, different sort of pace to to what uh, fighting has been. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I miss boxing in all honesty, but I think that it would be sad to have dedicated my whole life to something 
stop doing it and not miss it. You know, yeah. I don't miss it in the sense that I want to do it again, but I missed it in the sense, you know, I, I, I absolutely loved it. It was such an exciting uh, time of my life and such an exciting thing to do. Um, yeah. But uh, but we've moved on now and um, business is good, exciting. I've got uh, two kids and another one on the way, which is awesome oh, as well. And Congratulations. Um, we're smashing it up here in Cairns. Loving it. Yeah. Yeah, so that wraps up all the questions. Thank you, Ben, for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and I wish you all the best. Perfect, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for thanks for uh, listening, and good luck. <laughs> that wraps up the In The Sand Show for this week, so thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little McComb not quite, Gorn hopeful, now Jamar Hagen kicks it long, it's got a lot of carry, that's something extraordinary, it's a high five from Jamar Glory, just coming back, and got there, the scenes at the Pendleby can go over the top, Ginnivan's there, Elliot's there as well, it kicked out the back, now So